You're right. Oh, fuck. What? <laughs> Corbin! Corbin just got mask off, mate! What? Hang on. No. Please tell me you're recording. Jeremy, yeah, I'm yeah. Jeremy Corbin just tweeted, It is six months since the coup against Evo Morales this week. We stand with people in Bolivia struggling for democracy, equality, and social justice. And there's a picture of him with Evo! <laughs> uh, hello, base department. <laughs> oh, I so follow him good. on Twitter. Why am I not seeing this? It was from like 29 minutes ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, I might have just missed it. Hang on. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, I think he's he's probably just gone. Well, I'm never going to be in power again. Fuck it. Yeah, fuck it, mate. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Like time to go. Like you know what? I'm done with this fucking Libby. Ooh, maybe we shouldn't genocide everyone. And I'll just be like, if, I mean, no, if- I'm going to genocide you <laughs> if you try to genocide <laughs> South America. All right? Mutually assured mag. Mutually assured genocide. <laughs> We won't murderize you if you don't murderize anyone else. Absolutely wow. based. That is fucking. That is based. <laughs> oh, holy shit! We should probably do the intro, shouldn't we? Yeah, I'm just gonna put truly based. Oh fuck! I I feel so I feel so bad. I just want him back. I just want Jeremy Corbyn back. <laughs> just, uh, why couldn't we have the cool Jeremy Corbyn? <laughs> I mean, literally, I mean, yeah. He... Jeremy Corbyn with sunglasses, like Corbyn, the cooler Corbyn. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell! He's done. He's done. He's done an Ed Miliband. Like he was yeah. not. I mean, he was like nothing of his pollock That's not. You know, not speaking Except of his Miliband was Miliband was like non-committal, post-ironic bullshit humor of like, I like sausages. He's gotten <laughs> cooler because he's just like mm. he's accepted. Well, fuck it, I don't have to worry about this anymore. <laughs> it's like li- yeah. been liberated from the pressure of having to fucking be quote unquote electable. Uh, and I was just like, yeah, no, fuck it, um, <laughs> kill America, death to America, <laughs> death to America, everyone. Hello and welcome to You Are Not Immune, a leftist podcast about propaganda, praxis and spin. As ever, I am joined by my friend and comrade MJC and I am Spectraspark, or Spectra, you can call me whatever the fuck you want. What are we talking? Hello, everyone. What are we talking about today, MJC? Today we are going to take, um, I guess, another deep dive. Oh. I would say this is a deep dive. This is deserving of that label. It is. It is a deep dive. Totally um, not because we couldn't find anything else to talk about. <laughs> no, we we found one. We decided to go in excessive depth about it. I just burnt. I'm going to do that again. We found one topic, and we just decided to go in excessive depth about it. Yeah. Yeah. I burped again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, one of those is staying in. Yeah. Brilliant. 
Mm. Um, yeah, um, so this was... Um, the, the, yeah. the, the philosophy of this episode was originally going to be, we've done three episodes now. At the beginning of every episode, we talk about the fact that we're focused on propaganda, praxis, and spin. And but... and, and we've not really covered any of those things particularly. Um, no. Like we've we've no praxis. Praxis we've been on. Praxis we've been on. Yeah, praxis we've been on. Spin we've kind of touched on. Yeah. uh, In like some some vague ways. So we thought we would talk about propaganda specifically. Um, But how you're not immune to it. Well, yeah, (laughs) exactly. No one is immune um, to propaganda. Uh, But Mm. our other section, imperialism BTFO. uh, Yes. As it is affectionately known. Uh, I know, as, it, as it's officially as known. it's officially as it is state legislated to be known um, <laughs> that we have a really big one this week. Uh, so we're going to a really big, extensive, <laughs> and hilarious one. Yes. So we're gonna we're gonna like obviously all these episodes are recorded and they take, they take a week or so to to come out. So anyone who's listening to this, who assuming we have any listeners, <laughs> will will know what we're talking about already. Uh, but Definitely. thankfully, the propaganda kind of ties into that. So, uh, I don't know how we want to start. Do we want to start with the propaganda and then go into BTFO? Or do we want to start let's with... Let's start with propaganda. Let's I'd start say. with propaganda. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, MJC, what, what do you think the definition of the word propaganda is? Um. Okay. Uh, using my uh, history of... Um, etymological studies uh i am going to take a stab in the dark here and say that um prop is um derived from the uh technical term used for um things used in screenplays and (laughs) objects is that wikipedia page treating you well or no, 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 no. This is all. This is all the top of my dome, my friend. Right. Okay. Sure. So, um, so it's it's um items used in a screenplay, props, um, or uh, politicians, <laughs> um, and uh, gander. Where you 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 gander at the um the screenplay. Obviously, you take a gander at what's in front of you, right, in a theatre. Can I just say? So, can I just say that what you what you've done there? is a shitter version of the Cockney joke of having a good look at something, which is a propaganda. Oh, that's a good tie Yeah, right there. You, you just, you did a crap version of that joke. Delicious. Nice. Okay, well, Miriam Webster thankfully has the answer. Um, Are you fucking kidding me? Really? <laughs> Miriam Webster? Look, I'm just, I'm, it, I'm not going to talk about the actual fucking definition. I'm just going to put it out there. Uh, So information especially of a biased or misleading nature used to promote a political cause or point of view. The interesting thing about all of these definitions though is that at no point do they say untrue. No. Which is the crux of the... That doesn't come into the equation. Yeah, exactly. So um, that's kind of the crux of the point I wanted to make around this is propaganda is a way of framing something which is, uh, as you said earlier, MJC, we went before we started recording. Um, it's all to do with framework, because you'll often find that in examples of propaganda, both historic and, and contemporary, there will be a core truth that is 
built on in a framework uh, to then make an argument for or against something without providing any context to the fact that it's built on in the first place. So it's yeah, it's it's built on charged premises which you are not given purview to. Yeah. Right? So a really good example uh, of this uh, of how that ends up getting used is it's maybe a bit trite and overused, but um, uh, black men in America are make up a disproportionate number of the prison population. That is a fact. Oh, here we go. Yeah. But with, was it fifteen thirty? It's, that's, it's that's something the... like that, but uh, with yeah, with no uh... with no context, that yep. means absolutely fucking nothing. And putting it out there with no context also has a certain charge to it as well. It does. Yeah, uh, there's certainly connotations. I, it's a very good example, I think, because it has so many charged connotations behind it. But um, yeah, you can put that fact out there, and you just go, "Oh, okay. Well, there's there's a fact. That's it. It it has no context." It means absolutely nothing, but commonly in that in this example, you will see people sort of go, "Well, well, that clearly means that they're more dangerous, or they're naturally disp- uh, dis- uh, what's disposed, disposition, disposition, uh, yeah, yeah, they have a disposition towards criminality, yeah, yeah. exactly, yeah, uh, which is obviously not true." I'm not going to go into the details of why that's not true because that we could be here for fucking ever and it's been done a thousand times before. And also the FBI crime statistics aren't broken down by race. Yeah. yeah. Lamau. Yeah, like exactly. that was, that was um, this, this meme came from someone who um, just took a best estimate, which in itself was based <laughs> off of um, yeah. faulty premises. Yeah. That's maybe, a, um, that's, yeah. that's maybe a, a, another conversation entirely, which is you can use statistics to say fucking anything you want. If you know how to fiddle with statistics well enough, um, which we'll actually see an example of a bit later when we get into uh, practice of the week. Weirdly, oh. um, so yeah, effectively, you'll see propaganda, both historic and contemporary, will base uh, eat some. You know, sometimes they'll use a a core uh, fact or a statistic or something, and then build on a framework around that, um, affirming someone's already held views um sometimes they'll use absolutely no facts whatsoever and just go yeah okay this is the case because we say it is but you know so that's that's sort of what it is but i wanted to get more into um the really weird relationship that propaganda has with truth more generally especially in the age of uh internet consumed media because you know we could go through you know newspaper articles where like the sun will print something that's just fucking completely not true and they'll use it to affirm a belief that their readership already holds so they'll print fucking a racist headline or something with a misleading statistic and then you'd sort of go well but they can be held accountable for that, can't they? Because people can sort of criticise them and go, well, this is clearly bollocks. You, you've lied here and you've used charged language and all this, that and the other. But that's never worked because the way that that media worked was they could sort of go, oh, yeah, OK, fair. You got us. We did a bad thing. And then they'd print the following week a 
an affirmation. Much smaller font. Yeah, in much in a tiny little box that says, "Oh, we got a thing wrong when we, we said lied this. again." Yeah. yeah, exactly. And and those boxes appear frequently in those newspapers, but they exist somewhere where you have to go looking to find it in the first place, and it doesn't really matter if they do have to relent and publish something like that because they've the propaganda they printed has already done the work for them. They've already yeah, got the what they needed out of it. People have already had yeah, their... the consequences have been felt. Exactly. Yeah. Their, their view, people's views have already been affirmed by the propaganda that's been circulated. Ergo, saying sorry for doing a propaganda doesn't fucking do anything. And this is even more pronounced, I would argue, in the age of internet-consumed media, where things move so quickly that, you know, we have fucking clickbait headlines and articles and things like that. Th- things that w- which are designed... <sighs> mostly to produce revenue more than anything else um but a side effect is that because they don't have to be truthful because they don't have to be honest they just want to generate clicks to generate money the easiest way of doing that is make people angry and the easiest way to make people angry is to imply that there is some great evil that is being done and if your user base is already convinced that great evil is being done by say a racial minority then it's very easy to just play to that base and, and do clickbaity anger inducing headlines that sort of affirm those people's views and, and you know the, the sort of your job's done yeah exactly the attention span of people on the internet is is not great let's be honest um so i mean that that tends to happen quite a lot um so this sort of leads to the argument of well if if propaganda isn't inherently incorrect in when it says something then why start with an example of why propaganda is bad i think there's a distinction to be made between good and bad propaganda you can be you can have propaganda that agitates people into a particular um action or sense of thinking mm-hmm. by opening their world to a framework that they've not experienced Yes, give them uh, a lens to analyse the world with. Right? Exactly. And and this is what we were talking about with, with frameworks. Frameworks exist everywhere throughout the world. There are multiple different frameworks with which something can be analysed. Um, generally, though, uh, propaganda in the form of media, especially right-wing media, tends to be less concerned with frameworks that involve you know honesty or truth. It's more about just perpetuating the status quo and to an extent the the liberal framework is is the same but uh with some less egregious side effects um yeah well i mean this this, yeah this this is the thing is that the the ideology of um both um you know liberals um uh, and conservatives you know existing within the neoliberal world order um, is inherently contradictory. There is no consistent frame for analysis. So media spends a lot of its time and legwork in trying to write or deny that these uh, contradictions exist. Right? Yeah. So they create uh, a falsified uh, view of the world, which loses people into a, basically a sinkhole where they're only talking communicating with people that have swallowed that sinkhole swallowed into that sinkhole as well 
you look at Russiagate, for example, with the Democratic Party, oh, um, the rape allegations against, um, sorry, or sexual assault allegations um, against uh, Joe Biden mm. versus uh, Donald Trump. Yeah, um, that 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 was a <laughs> fucking wild ride. Holy shit! If I may um, call out uh, a, a particular piece of shit. Um, oh yeah, by all uh, means, by all means. Yeah. I think I know uh, which Chris, one you're gonna you're gonna uh, talk about. I think I've seen it. Go on. Go on, take a guess. Is it the person who, uh, like, someone someone capped two tweets of theirs, and one of them was just like, oh, it's absolutely abhorrent that Donald Trump would do this, and then their following tweet uh, regarding uh, Biden was just like, I'd let him rape me, and I'd still vote for him. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Thankfully, no. It's not that one. But... Oh, okay. No. <laughs> the, the brain worms were fucking strong with that one, I tell you. It also wasn't um, the um, user, I don't remember their name, um, that said, ah, Tara Reid is lying. She's a Russian bot because um, oh. she sometimes makes spelling errors yeah, in Twitter. Yeah, I, I saw that one. Holy <sighs> shit. But, um, no, this particular piece of shit, this specific piece of shit, um, uh, is uh, called Christy Winter. Or Christy Winters, sorry. That name sounds familiar. Um, she uh, debated Sargon of Akkad. Uh, and that's really what... Uh, Got her into semi uh, prominence, but she's not prominent at all. I mean, she's got eight thousand subscribers. Uh, um, I I think I might know who this is now. This this the name definitely rang a bell. But I, yeah, I think I know who you're talking about. She achieved a bit of notoriety recently by uh, saying, "Oh, why am I not? Why I'm never going to vote for Bernie Sanders?" Mm-hmm. And her only argument was that um, I'm a Democrat. Uh, I only vote for oh Democrats, and oh he is not a Democrat. God. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, oh, God. Pure cringe. But specifically on the Tara mm. Reid stuff, I think she might have deleted this now, or perhaps taken away the uh, title, but she <laughs> she spent uh, about two to three hours uh, with uh, Kevin Logan, Kev Logan. Right. Uh, who's also a fucking spineless liberal. Um, basically just saying, well, uh, Tara Reid is being extremely inconsistent with her account of events that happened, uh, what were we talking about, 25, oh, yeah, 26 was, years um, ago? It was like early 90s, wasn't it? Yeah, so it's rape apologia, basically. Like she yeah, was engaged I was, I was in gonna, rape it's, apologia. it's the exact same argument that get, fucking gets trucked out yes. by... All other people defending anyone who has allegations against them going, oh, well, you know, they changed their story. It's like, well, you fucking would if you had that many years to fucking, oh, my, oh, 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 no, makes me angry. Yeah. Makes me very angry. Oh, yeah. It really pissed me off. Like, especially the liberal. Oh, yeah, exactly. Right. The the total hypocrisy of just like, oh, well, we can't acknowledge the fact that, you know, the person. I thought we agreed on this, you know? Like, I thought this was a broad church. We could be like, well, okay, you know what? Economics, uh, stuff like that. We can, you know, take a differing issue. Social justice, sometimes you get a bit turfy and a bit creepy. Um, but for, you know, being anti-rape, I thought we were on the same side here. What but happened? That's the thing, though, isn't it? It's, it's the fucking, it's the, the, the surfacing of the contradiction of the uh, sort of neoliberal framework, isn't it? Where you, it, it's, the, yeah. the system is, is broken, yes, but it can be fixed with just a tiny bit of tweaking in the same way that we've been doing for the last 30 years that hasn't actually worked or achieved anything 
other than like constant bust cycles that have that has actively contributed yeah. to the fall of all of these other things that we're railing against. You know, it's it's the contradiction there of like, oh, you know, this is how we want to fix things. This is the only way we can fix things. All else is you know too extreme or too much of a shake up. But then yeah. when it when the it when the things that they actively rally against come to the surface as being part you know being a problem of their frameworks making they don't want to admit it or they can't admit it so they double down mm. and go oh well i mean it's not bad when he did it this actually yeah this actually proves that i was exactly. double right it's it's fucking like that and that's it's genuinely it's like a cult it's it's a cult it, mentality it really is, yeah like yeah i've 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 read a lot about you know, uh, Jonestown mm. and the Church of Scientology. Um, I'm really into uh, cults and how they manipulate people and what sort of uh, matrix of thought you have to adopt in order to uh, survive inside of a cult without going absolutely well, One of the without, first ones you know, is, is going uh, insane. sort of the absolute um, vilification mm. of anyone outside, isn't it? It's sort of like, you know, no no, yes. no one else you construct will an enemy. love you or support you. And the, the neoliberal version of that seems to be like anyone even remotely left or right of you is wrong, <laughs> like perpetually. And you should never bother listening to any of their arguments. Like, I'm not afraid to say that, you know, I, I will call people out for just being fucking like, no, you're a right wing dipshit. Stop, stop being a dick. But, it was, but I'm not yeah. just going to turn around and say, you know what, you are, his, you know, you are fundamentally evil, you are fundamentally broken. It's like, no, like, you are viewing the world through a framework. It's like, that's, I think that's the liberating thing yeah, about you're... being a leftist, is like, appreciating that everyone has frameworks, and as soon as yes. you appreciate how those frameworks work, you can suddenly go, ah, uh, yeah, I can see how you come to that conclusion. It's wrong, but I can see how you've come to it. And the great thing about leftism is that it's it's entirely consistent epistemological um, approach yeah. to the world. You know, it, we, perhaps we get um, a bit, you know, a bit of criticism for being uh, too all-encompassing with our worldview, but I take that as a yeah, strength yeah. every fucking day of the week. You know, every single day we're reminded of why we're correct. <laughs> and I haven't found an argument against it. You know, I really haven't. I, I enjoyed being uh, dogmatic as the next guy because it's really cathartic and fun. But at the same time, like it, you know, you can't. It's like a balanced breakfast, right? You can't, you can't just have like a plate of heaping dogma. Like, yeah. You have to have like some fucking critical analysis in there somewhere. You, you've got, you've got, you've got to have some fruit with the carbs, you know. Mm, yeah, torture this <laughs> metaphor more, please. Uh, Keep it going. Spit in its face. <laughs> you dirty fucking metaphor. Oh god. Um Yeah, well while we're on that. What, the food what? plate or the metaphor? <laughs> both. What what would you often hear um, against uh leftists is that you know they're very, very uh divisive between each other and it's very difficult for them to coalition yeah. build. And what I think what I think that stems from is that um, there are some primary tenets that we agree on um, and that we support each other on, and then we're just figuring out the fine details. But that's at least a debate. That's at least a discussion yeah. that is supported by facts, by uh, ideology, by um, philosophy, and that just does not exist in liberalism or in um, conservatism. There, 
they they appeal to philosophers, you know, aristocrats from fucking centuries ago that have no bearing in the modern. Condition. I think that's the thing. More generally, uh, that, that like, as in, it's more of a thing that you can compare to anything besides uh, leftism, where where people generally fall in line with like predetermined like uh fucking systems or ideas as you said you know they're coming they're basing their worldview today off of some fucking ancient yeah and that's not to say that philosophy isn't important but they're basing their worldview on no, these very particular rigid understandings of the world that and then leaving not much else up for determination. Understand what those teachings are. They just kind of buy into the system that has said, well, this is just how things should be based on what we're saying. And yes. the right do the same thing as well, where they're like, well, we, we just want this to be the case. We want our ideology to, to be the one that comes sort of bears fruit because 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 we yeah, yeah we, it's, we it's can't be bothered to critically analyze anything and then the left are over here yeah sure there's definitely some infighting but most of that comes down from the fact of like there is like a perpetual system of progress you don't just come up with an idea and go oh bing there you go done everything's sorted no it's just a perpetual system of like we have to build on every piece of knowledge we have and everyone has a different framework ergo and everyone has a different perspective ergo we should fucking base our ideas on a combination of all of those things, which is why things and social movements change. Like you have to change. If you don't, then what the fuck are you doing? Like you're sitting there spinning your wheels. Yeah, exactly. The world that you can't you can't fix the problems in the world by appealing to an ideal that like addresses one specific problem and then doesn't bother dealing with anything fucking else. Yeah, and I'm sorry if you're going to look at the most. Uh, influential figures of the last century. Um, I think every single one of them, apart from some fuckhead celebrities who beat women, uh, John Lennon, um, all of them were socialists, were anti-colonial, uh, were communists. Yeah, yeah, generally. Not, not, not to you know flaunt our power or anything. <laughs> yeah, we've got the best people on <laughs> our the, team. You know. Um, yeah. And you, you know they 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 might not have all stuck to their principles. They they weren't dogmatic about this either. They they also understood that okay, um, I have now achieved mainstream success, and part of that mainstream success and my own survival means perhaps letting go of uh, socialism, you know, hmm. as a, as a tenet of my characters and as a definition yeah. of me, um, because they realise they can't be just um, a, a commie on the world stage, yeah. right? You can't have. Martin Luther King Jr., Malcolm X, I and mean, Malcolm X was a few steps yeah. away, but still, um, saying in their most you know inf- impactful um, speeches, uh, "Long live the Soviet Union," etc. Those people <laughs> did exist as well inside yeah. of the civil rights movement. Don't get me wrong, but they have also been scrubbed out of history because of that. Yeah, it's a sort of whitewashing you know? of uh, you know li- literally and yeah. metaphorically of uh, you know it's like oh you you can't have this sentiment. Um, yeah, I think I think that's uh, and and bringing it back to propaganda. Yeah, please. So like, um, sorry, I I could tell you were like, no, 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 this back. no, no, please. Dude, it's, <laughs> it, it's fine. Like, I okay. I I enjoy this. I enjoy the side discussions. They're great. Um, but like to 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 curve this that those points back into what we were saying about propaganda is propaganda works effectively for the right 
and to a lesser extent the sort of neoliberal center uh, establishment better than it does for the left because there's a lot more ambiguity on the left about what is and isn't you know a an, a fact that you can build motion around yeah. unless you're talking about agitprop which is maybe a discussion for a whole other episode because Ho-ho-ho. there's there's a fucking lot of shit you can do to like um class consciousness among fellow workers and comrades trust me um but yeah yeah and and again it's it's not larpy shit you know you don't have to do the the soviet font it doesn't have to be no, in no, red no. it doesn't have to be socialist realism no, no, no. or whatever you can, you, it, you can it, fucking draw attention to even you means can draw attention to even, you know real things mm. that people struggle with and recognize today like fucking being able to afford rent or having to work however many fucking hours before being able to pay for food you know yeah, I mean, it it it's it sort of starts to envelop your consciousness a bit when you just see memes upon memes upon memes about work hours, about exhaustion. Yeah, you know it it's it it feels like a commonality of just like ha 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 ha, you know ev- everyone goes through this ha ha, but at some point the 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 pin starts yeah, to drop. Because why does everyone go through you know, this? Wh- why yeah why is why does everyone yeah. feel this? Or at least the people that I care about. Exactly. Yeah, and why are these these people I see on the television all the fucking time? Why don't they care mm, about this? Exactly. Why do why do they not maybe suffer it's, maybe in their it's lives? Because they benefit from in some way the other people suffering. Maybe. Yeah. And despite that, they're the ones who own the media. They're the ones who control it and censure uh, and sanction what is allowed to be portrayed and or how it's allowed broadly, to be broadly, they own the ways in which. Um, everyone else creates value. <laughs> I can't think of a. I can't. Hmm. <laughs> it's code for means of production. <laughs> there you go. Remo- Thank you. Thank you for that, Spectre. Really, uh, really, really nuanced uh, oh. take there. But I mean, the thing. So yeah, when it comes to propaganda, um, like. Propaganda is not necessarily something that is untrue, but it's something that you should be aware of in terms of it will de- its function will depend broadly on the framework of the creators that uh, the framework that the, that the creator has. So we all media, all fucking media, is propaganda because if we're willing to say that yeah. oh propaganda is something that is biased in favor of a particular thing, then everyone is fucking biased. We all are because we are, we're all biased because we have a limited number of experiences and frameworks with which we can view the world. If that's the case, yes. then all products even, are, mm. are propaganda to an extent. Like, yes, it it even extends to um, you know even if you are just being pure matter of factual with um this sort of stuff like Associated mm. Press and Reuters claim to be, um, you start to realise okay, well they have spent their capital on these choice yes. events over the last year what have they not covered and why and have this they is not where covered? we come into we come back into a uh, sort of uh very national centric uh frameworks so you could make the argument that oh you know the reason why a a uk based independent uh 
you know, honest, quote, factual, quote, um, news outlet, for example, only really focuses on events in the UK. And there might be a number of reasons for that. It might be that, you know, that's what's going to make them money because people who listen to it are going to be from the UK. So they're going to be interested in local events. But that doesn't mean that everything they don't cover doesn't happen. And it also doesn't mean that everything they do cover fleetingly and in little detail exists only in that little detail. This is the limitation of frameworks. Yeah. And the, the, the waiting yes. the waiting as well um, is also completely up for your perception as well. Always remember that you're an autonomous being. And despite them covering uh, 20 weeks of um, did X person say stupid women or stupid people. Jesus. Uh, yeah. Still salty about that. Um You've also got to think, well, why is why is this given so much coverage? Do I have to treat this with such yes. gravitas? Yes. Yeah, the, 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 waiting, no. the waiting is a huge <laughs> issue. And, I mean, let's just draw the example of the BBC, a, an organisation which attempts uh, in massive fucking air quotes to um, be unbiased, which, as we've established, is already impossible because... As soon as a person is involved, it becomes biased because everyone has their own framework and perspectives from which they work. And that's even assuming there aren't external factors like money or, you know, profiteering or anything like that. But the BBC, for an example, will attempt to be balanced and unbiased by presenting as many angles and sides of a story as it possibly can. It frequently doesn't do this, but when it does, even when it does manage to do this, it's just fucking completely unhinged and just makes no sense whatsoever like bringing in the story about uh climate change you're going oh you know here's atmospheric scientist you know dr jeffy bob from the met office talking about the effects of climate change and uh to present the other side of this story here's a fucking completely unhinged dick that we found on the street yelling about how the cloud people are gonna kill us all um because he doesn't think climate change is real and it's just like Mm, yeah <laughs> it's just cloud like, people mm, sometimes you uh sometimes bias is not necessarily a bad thing <laughs> like you can or in in the case of the bbc with um question time as well with, with the do you see the 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 former member of the national front being put as a as a member of the audience no i didn't see that yeah it's like, oh, here's a Nazi, a literal fucking Nazi, uh, talking about uh, the Great Replacement. It's like, how did this get screened? Fucking hell. Like, oh, yeah, let's just get the person who would be inspired by the um, the, uh, the mm. Christchurch shooting. Yeah. But this is, this is the thing, though, isn't it? It's like, it's impossible to be biased. Attempting to be unbiased to a fault is just like ludicrous and does not help anyone in any way if anything it just confuses the situation even further because then you're left with the impression that some things have equal weighting when they really don't in reality uh, so being biased is not necessarily a bad thing but the only good way to be biased as is what i'm saying is to be biased in favor of facts and uh be biased in favor of uh like critical analysis of any situation that's the only way you can do it and um, and it be good what do we mean by Sorry. fact though 
spectra. What do we mean by facts? Oh, in this okay, case, yeah. So, so facts, I would say something that you that can be proven specifically. Um, yeah, but the, the the way to uncover facts, or at least the closest nearest damage we can get, is it's all about the process in which they acquired those facts, and that requires a lot of fucking legwork on your end to understand. Uh, what methodology they're employing, why they employed that certain methodology, uh, what variables, uh, independent and independent, they're looking at, what they're trying to measure here, and why they chose those measurements. If you understand that, then you start to begin to understand what in, what we mean by factual. Right? If you're just picking out statements from an authority, then you, you are still appealing to an authority. Um, and it's inevitable that these authorities will try to lean you a certain direction. Yeah, yeah I think that's um, a pretty sound explanation of what we mean by facts when we say facts. Yeah, but nobody can really like audit these sort of things, these sort of documents. If we're talking about climate change and uh, the Metropolitan... The Met Office. The Meteorological Yeah, the Met Office, yeah. for example. Yeah, the, the, the ones who do climate change and shit. Uh, <laughs> the ones who control the weather. Yeah, exactly. The ones with the heart machine. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you don't know what sort of political pressures is, is being put on them as well to um, emphasize certain figures, um, whereas, you know, to, to play it easy on other things. Um, so you won't fully understand either when they appear on BBC and they portray it in quite a professional and measured manner. Um, mm. it, 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 it relaxes you. And you might see them as, oh yeah, that's that's the guy in a suit. You know, he's he's got years under his belt, but he's also scared of losing his job, so yes. he can't he can't yeah. just go off and say, we are on the trajectory to being fucked right now. Um, there's very little you can do, really, if anything at all, individually. Yeah, the absolute best case we've got for us right now um, is to completely stop everything and. Um, start putting people against the wall <laughs> you know well no obviously i mean um, well that 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 tangent aside that actually raises uh, an even more interesting question i think especially when it comes to uh, issues as pressing as climate science is there is so inside the met office for example uh, i know that there is a great deal of research that the met office put forward towards uh, other organizations like the ipcc um they like the met office have one they're not the most but they're up there with like the world's most trusted and most detailed sources of meteorological data um I, I, they're on a list of I, they're on a short list i can't remember where they come on that short list but they're up there and the interesting thing is like obviously everything they do is going to be put through a political framework when they talk about um when they talk about climate change and so they have um you know all this information that's available both publicly and some of it's available to other organizations but um it raises the question of like how do you then present that information in a way that doesn't get fucked through someone else's framework and that's it's so hard to do like and i think this is part of the reason why um you know discussions on climate change get so fucking um like bogged down 
in media by people going, oh, you know, don't politicize it because these people are sort of going, I'm sorry, but we have to politicize it. You know, we can't, <laughs> we can't not. We, we're being, you know, we're telling you and we're giving you a series of objection, <laughs> you know, objective facts about something that we have studied for years. You know, here's all of the figures. These are the projections we've made. You know, our past and backward projections have shown that these projections are pretty fucking accurate. You know, we can't not be political about this. Uh, and yet people sort of go, oh, but you're making it political because people are aware of the idea of political frameworks and ideological frameworks. But they seem to think that facts can exist outside of those. And they, they can't. They, they just yeah. fucking can't. Or that somehow um, an attempt to shift the needle is political, whereas the status quo is not political. Yeah, that's a really fucking weird one. The sort of the argument of like, oh, I'm going to be completely apolitical, which means supporting the status quo, which... yeah. Not, not, being not to political. pull a joker, not to pull a joker, but literally living in society. We, we, we <laughs> yeah. confirm we do live in a society. We, we, as it turns out, we do live in a society. Not a very good one, but we do live in one. Fucking shit one, yeah. Jesus. But yeah, no, um, climate change is, as you, as you know, MJC is, uh, is something close to my heart. And every day is a waking nightmare for. <laughs> anyone remotely involved every day it gets worse every day it just it just fucking uh i had a i had a small like mental breakdown a few days ago when i saw a bunch of headlines talking about like how uh how great for the environment um coronavirus has been uh and you know how it maybe paves the way forward uh spoiler alert it fucking won't because the economy is tanking which means every country is going to desperately try and fucking revive their economy. And do you want to have a wild stab in the dark as to how that is? How that gets done? Hmm. You fucking I wonder how. You fucking massively ramp up production of everything as cheaply as you possibly fucking can. Yeah. Which means opening up all the fucking coal power plants again. Which means using the cheapest fucking fuel you can. Massively cutting oh, which... subsidies for, like... At the moment, for oil, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're fucking giving it oh, away. Fucking hell! But yeah, it's just like, and I'm people seeing all these people being really optimistic. You know, oh, you know, maybe it will, you know, kickstart a green revolution. It's like it won't. <laughs> it really won't. Like not without massive fucking public intervention, it won't. Yeah, there needs to be a, a in, the, in the where we are now. There needs to be a, a, the force of law in order to get this um, shifted. Yeah. There, uh, yeah, there, there really does. Though I could argue at length that even the force of law does absolutely fuck all against this because, you know, ways around that law will be yeah. found. Yeah, or you, or you'll just be assassinated. That as well. You can sort of go, oh, you know, the Paris Climate Accord isn't that great. Well, I mean, yeah, if you want to accept two degrees of warming, because Paris Climate Accord doesn't, you know, doesn't limit that. It just sort of says people have to make. I think the wording's like um, reasonable effort or something like that. It's just like mm, fucking great. Yeah, that's that's real solid legislative wording, isn't it? Reasonable effort. <laughs> reasonable, just just give it a it's little. Like, go. It's like the fucking pursuit of happiness. Like, what does that mean? What the fuck is that? Pursuit of happiness. It's oh, it's that fuck. like legislative bullshit. Like, yeah, well, we think this is. Yeah, this is reasonable effort. Like, yeah, holy shit, that's a topic for another. That's yeah, that's a that's a topic for an episode ten years later when I'm just yelling down the microphone. I fucking told you, all of you. <laughs> I told you I'd shoot 
But you wouldn't believe oh, me. Fucking hell. Why wouldn't you believe oh. me? So that's the weird relationship that propaganda has with truth and how truth how how do we how do we combat this though like like what's what's some good practices for when you approach any sort of media be that left be that right um i think i think that's maybe a bit more open to discussion so i i i i know that some people have ways that they personally prefer to address them i i myself mm. find the method of pointing out a contradiction in uh in the belief or the framework uh, that someone is defending no. in some way to be the most effective well it's the most effective that i've found anyway because it's very easy to sort of debunk and go uh well no this is not true because this statistic has been misused here or there it i find it's easier to sort of go to use their own logic against them and go okay well if you if if that's the thing that you're implying then that also implies that this is the case which is clearly not the case and you know it isn't so how the fuck can you defend any of your other arguments? That that tends to be the way I find most useful, but I'm hmm. sure you've probably got different experiences. Um, yeah, like I I always start by just um googling the author. I always just say, okay, well, what are they? What have they written on before? Um, looking at um what the most prominent uh, themes are in the first like few pages of their headlines to see, okay, well, what, what is this outlook focusing on primarily? Um, you often see think tank numbers thrown mm. around. You often see it from the Adam Smiths Institute <laughs> or the Rand Corp or uh, totally fucking uh, Heritage Foundation. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I fucking and, hate the Heritage Foundation with an absolute passion. And, and all of that can just be absolutely thrown in the trash. Like, all yeah, I mean, that, that's that's more on <laughs> the lines of like Wholesale. critical analysis of, of media consumed, which... Um, makes you wonder why critical analysis has not been included in the UK um, curriculum uh, at large for quite some time. It's weird that. It's almost like it's almost like the people at the top benefit from people not critically analysing the world. <laughs> Don't almost. think about it, you fucking hog. Don't think about it. Basically, yeah. So there you go. Engage critically with all media. Um but if you're on the left, not too critically, because we have to come together. <laughs> yeah, well, there, 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 there are certain <laughs> things we can like unite yeah. behind, like just Gen you know, general causes. Yeah, yeah, like, um, like prima facie. Not, yeah, like not, <laughs> you know, not accepting shitty like wages and health, you know, work health and things like that. You know, they're pretty basic ones. Yes, uh, being against fascism. Yes, yeah, that's another pretty solid one. Um, being against know. turfs, that's also very true. Yeah, uh, being against the current state of where liberals are at in their headspace, but not letting go of them. Yeah, being Actually, against James yeah. O'Brien, I think is. is I hope one. so. Oh yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Just him specifically, no one else. I think we've now. I think we've now mentioned him every single episode. I'm so happy. His smug little fake smile. Oh, he gets a mention. He gets a mention. So that is, in a nutshell, in a in a in nearly an hour long nutshell, <laughs> what propaganda uh, is, and how it can be recognised, how it should be uh, considered, because it can be beneficial to to leftist spaces and leftist positions. 
which we might talk about more if we talk about agitprop. But um, but yeah, it, it has a weird relationship with reality insofar as it doesn't acknowledge that it exists. It just uses select things in a very specific framework to put forward an idea that people are already uh, familiar with to continue affirming that belief. propaganda mjc do you think that we will be seeing in regards to this absolutely massive <laughs> clusterfuck that that was t- to take place in venezuela but didn't because it went so badly wrong for them oh oh i i oof. okay i need to do you need a box of kleenex and it's yeah really really um fan myself here this is just fucking fantastic i i i did not stop laughing when i saw the news about it just <laughs> uh, okay okay let me start um this right off the bat all right with a very 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 brief overview of um at least my thoughts on uh, venezuela uh, <laughs> spoilers it's it's about venezuela <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Isn't that the the bad place where people, people? I've heard people eat zoo animals or something. Oh, right? they it's, all a, it's, a, it's a bad, right? Yeah, it's, I mean that's that's for, the classic for, comeback for reasons right? entirely of their own making and with no external pressures whatsoever. No, of course not. No. Um. So yes, you hear it a lot in uh, Twitter uh, responses. Usually reply reply guys who don't. Um, but but Vuvuzela. get any. Yeah, go go live Vuvuzela. Um, so um, Venezuela uh, is uh, a South American country. We that much we know. Um, <laughs> that that much has been confirmed. Confirmed, yeah. Um, that uh, for the last uh, almost two decades has lived uh, under um, a philosophy of Chavismo. Now Chavismo. Uh, comes from the late leader of Venezuela uh, called Hugo Chavez. Uh, he is considered uh, quite popular in quite well, quite high regards um, by um, most Venezuelans and also by a lot of Latin American leaders as well. Um, the main reason for this regard is that, first of all, he uh, promoted Venezuela from um, a vassal state of the U.S., a complete vassal state, whereby uh, there were no public services. Uh, public schools uh, were some of the worst in South America. Um, he uh, told Yankee to fuck off. He forcibly nationalized all um, oil companies inside of Venezuela. 
Good. Uh, and started um, developing the country. Now, he did this by legal to slightly uh, illegal means um, in terms of uh, silencing opposition. That is confirmed. That is true. Um, but he's also generated uh, a lot of popular will and a lot of mass mobilization. Um, so you may see their um, elections as quite... Um, mm, mm. can on, be considered on the, unfair on, on, the, on the on the precipice a little bit. Yes, just a wee bit. Um, yeah. But but the... then electoralism is you know mm. Mm, it's not it's not great everywhere. So you know yeah, and it's also um, not amazing when you have foreign interference inside of your uh, country as well. Uh, yeah. When you have a yeah. foreign sponsored opposition, that, um, that tends to cause a few issues. Yeah. Yeah, but we'll, we'll get to that. So, um, Hugo Chavez, uh, his whole philosophy is you can basically think of it as like social democracy, right? They had, um, an economy which was still, uh, capitalist, uh, through and through, um, with, uh, fairly sturdy, uh, public services, good healthcare, uh, provided in part by Cuba, of course, with their doctors. Um, but the ways in which they achieved that were, um, less uh, revolutionary uh, than uh, you would expect from, you know, big big bad man, bad country. Um, no, they, they, they reformed it uh, through electoralism, essentially, through uh, yeah. gradual reform. They, yeah, maybe one of the only times that's ever happened and worked. Yes. Yeah, worked for, for a fair bit. Um, they, they, they kicked out the um, foreign executives inside of these um, oil companies. Uh, they instead redefined them as national champions. They created uh, a state-owned enterprise uh, called PDVSA, uh, which is uh, the largest oil and natural gas company in Venezuela, um, exploiting the uh, largest confirmed reserves uh, in all of the world, more than Saudi Arabia, in mm. fact, uh, as seen under Venezuela. Uh, and things were pretty peachy for a while. You know, instead of um, uh, instead of having like a you know, redistributive model, uh, like a real hardcore socialist approach, they basically said, "Okay, this oil company um, is now under Venezuelan control. Uh, we're going to keep the middle managers uh, and Venezuelan executives in place, um, and yeah, you can send your kids off to uh, American universities, whatever." Um, but we're going to start putting in our own people and using it for our development. So these people were still getting kickbacks. Very little change for them, right, in terms of quality of life. They were still fucking rich. Uh, they lived a high life in Venezuela. Yeah. The trouble is, why settle when you're in that position and you have connections with very powerful and very influential people They've now had to flee back to America. Yeah, oil oil money perpetually is is just fucking always bad. Like nothing good ever fucking comes of it. Nope, and nothing comes good of oil execs either. Well, that's also true. Apart from some uh, uniquely chunky red paint, maybe. <laughs> it's a very chunky. That's, that, that's getting all, cut out. <laughs> all the vis viscera in it. Oh god. So what you start to see um, towards the end of Hugo Chavez's life and with the succession of um, Maduro, 
who's the current uh, president of Venezuela, um, is that the opposition to Venezuela, uh, the uh, Bolivarian government, uh, became a lot more vocal. Mm. Uh, they started to get a lot more airtime on American TV. Yeah, almost like there was some kind of manufacturing of uh, public perception going on. Yeah, it's almost like this whole country has been constructed mm, in people's by... imagination through the power of media and propaganda. Ooh, and that might be something that you're not immune to. Mm, yeah, I think there could this, be a podcast you could listen to about that. Yeah, maybe we could shorten it. Fuck it, now we're done with this. <laughs> so you start to get uh, a media industrial complex surrounding Venezuela and its economy. There was a flare-up of violence and scarcity of uh, goods that, um, yeah, came with, I think, just a very brief supply failure um, in 2014, mm. I believe. Um, which led to uh, a lot of student protests saying, um, you know, we don't want to be uh, talked down to anymore. We want to um, get more job prospects. We want diversity of uh, careers as well, that is just outside of the oil sector. Yeah, I think I think um, this is maybe just just a quick side note. Um, no country is immune to having that exact thing fucking happen to them because. Yeah. Every economy operates on a just-in-time system, and as a result, fucking even the slightest like disruption to one of those systems, as we have seen, can cause massive fucking problems. Like, it's just a matter of control. Huge like crushing issues. And that's, that's why any yeah. global issues like COVID nineteen or climate change present such a fucking scary premise. Because you know, if one of these supply lines gets disrupted, well, then we're fucked. Anyway, back back to the episode. <laughs> so this um, was cracked down uh, pretty harshly um, by uh, the Bolivarian government. Um, it didn't help the fact that you know Maduro wasn't particularly popular with the uh, with the Venezuelans. He was basically seen as like you know nobody's first choice, sort of the Foo Fighters of presidents. <laughs> you know, nobody's favorite band. <laughs> And it, it just sort of boiled over. They cracked down quite heavily on the protesting students. And the Obama administration saw what I would argue is a perfect win for their administration. They can appeal to liberals by saying, well, Maduro is not going to respect human rights. We need to do something about that. Mm -hmm. Let's put sanctions on them. And in the same time, saying, you know, basically giving out dog whistles to the old-style Bush neocons like John Bolton, mm -hmm. saying that, hey, 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 we're going to make this country scream, right? It has a lot of oil that we are dependent on, and we're going to make them cry, yep. right? So they started to uh, put in place uh, sanctions upon uh, the government, which means that uh, they were no longer allowed to trade in credit. They had to trade in uh, cold hard cash and in assets, um, which is already uh, a death sentence for any major economy, right? You can't just generate that amount of cash to fucking trade for goods, yeah. right? It's all done on a credit money, line. Money printing, obviously. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and with the later crash of the um, of oil futures uh, in 
what was it 2015 uh, I want to say it was 15 I might be wrong though 15 right um, that started hurdling uh, Venezuela's uh, economy it started to enter a real uh, liquidity crisis and in response to that the Congress decided to put in more sanctions yeah because that's just how you do that's just how you do yeah that's just how you shock an awe an economy yeah. Shock, shock doctrine, motherfuckers. Get used to it. <laughs> then it started coming to a head, right? Food scarcity was an issue. Mm. Um, protein shortages. Uh, then you started seeing stories of people eating stuff from you know, rotten meat to um, trash cans and stuff like that. And I can imagine for the poorest of people, I can imagine that this is a for real phenomenon. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's not exclusive to Venezuela, and that's not the entirety of Venezuela. Well, either. I mean, let's not but forget the... that fucking you know, Western countries have a thing, a phenomenon called freeganism, which is basically just getting food out of dumpsters, partly as a lifestyle choice, but also partly because food's so fucking expensive. Yeah, but that's woke when we do it. Well, this is, that's almost like, <laughs> hmm, hmm, that's almost like that's an example of propaganda under frameworks. <laughs> hmm, it's really well, really well tied together, this yeah. episode. Fucking gonna, you know, whenever, when you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the bottom line of this is, um, is that Venezuela is not perfect. Venezuela is not, uh, a system right now that um, ought to be uh, supported with enthusiasm. Um, however, uh, this is not a disaster of its own making. This is not an inherent flaw in socialism. I mean, fuck, Scandinavia has more public ownership than fucking <laughs> Venezuela does, <laughs> yeah, right? It's, it's not it's... an issue of public ownership or public interference in the economy. This is that's not the issue. This is this is another another aspect that tends to get thrown around quite a lot as part of uh, right wing propagandizing. Um, that whenever something goes wrong in a country that is even remotely more progressive than the U.S., the argument is socialism did it. If anything bad happens in a country that's on par with the U.S. or is a close ally of the U.S. Anything bad that happens is the result of external yeah, externalities and external forces. Because they that's the contradiction in that particular framework, isn't it? It's just like, well, you know, it's bad because we say it is because we don't want to admit that, you know, externalities apply equally to everyone. If we admitted that, then you might be able to pick apart our bullshit. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Um bang on. Yeah, it's it's all a part of this this uh, self denial of reality. Mm. Ooh, ooh, ooh um, that was a sexy term, that. I like that. <laughs> you like that one, huh? Well, that'll come back in the future. <laughs> um, so, d- despite all of its shortcomings um, as a government, um, and with um, s- you know clear missteps and excessive violence against people who are trying to flee food shortages, mm. right? There are millions of people who have fled Venezuela for good reason, I would say. Um, despite all this, we should not be supporting any sort of coup that has been sanctioned by um, an imperial power that should never come into the equation. Never, ever, ever. Yeah, you, you don't fix a problem by, you know, going in and fucking things up even more, because inevitably, you know, even if you go in with the best of fucking intentions, you are inevitably going to fuck things up in a way that is beneficial to you and your framework somehow. Yes. Which is, Once again, which is yes. just imperialism. <laughs> you know, <laughs> 
You're going to turn it into a banana republic. Yeah, exactly. You know, which which is exactly what they're intending here with Venezuela. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Make no mistake. So, with all that baggage and all that history, well, brief overview, let's turn to what happened this week. Oh, oh, this is the fun part. <laughs> oh God, I want to get a, so, I want to get a picture framed of just some of the shame shots. They were so <laughs> fucking good. Um, so there was uh, a private military consultancy firm called Silver Corp USA, uh, made up of former Green Beret member um, Jordan uh, Goudreau, who uh, is a French Canadian. Mm-hmm. So first uh, slight against him. <laughs> he created this company um, basically to um, suck up some uh, private contracts. Um, a lot of them involved him and his crew uh, posing as teachers um, and being placed in schools to uh, counter terrorism. I'm not even oh, joking. For fuck's sake! Yeah, because prevent worked so well in the UK, didn't it? You know, that's just the, oh, the American yeah. version is just let's, let's get a bunch of fucking green berets to do it. Holy shit! Yeah, with more, yeah PTSD affected uh, pigs. Jesus going, Christ! Trying to fucking headshot all the children. Well, yeah, at least at least the school shoot will have a great efficiency. Jesus. <laughs> Too dark? Nah, it's all right. There hasn't been a school shooting for ages in the States. I wonder why. Hmm. Maybe because all the schools are shut, maybe. Damn it, now I can't murder. Fuck. <laughs> so this wonderful man, mm. uh, Jordan Goudreau, uh, he... Uh, had some links with uh, a few neocons. Oh, that's few, surprising. Uh, ancient fossils. Um, one of which is uh, John Bolton. No. Now, the connection between them is not very clear and what they, what relationship they have, but they both seem to have been on the same page around this timeline uh, for this uh, invasion, which you call it an invasion, of Venezuela. A short-lived beach holiday. Yeah, very short indeed. He... Um, <laughs> effectively met with members of the uh, opposition uh, party uh, in Venezuela who, make no mistake, are puppets. Uh, people claim that they're social democrats. They are not. They are for full privatization um, of the economy, full liberalization, and therefore bringing it back to a pre-1980s level of uh, wealth inequality and development. Um, so don't be fooled by Juan Guaido's uh, pretty little face. Yeah. Let's let's let's. Um, let's he's let's a piece not, of shit. Yeah. He's a real piece of shit. Um, they operated through Colombia. Uh, they met in the JW Marriott in Bogota, which is the uh, capital of Colombia. Um, and a representative for Juan Guaido, um, the general strategist uh, for the party, JJ mm. Rendon, uh, met with um, Goudreau and his goons uh, and and signed uh, a, an agreement, a services agreement uh, with a release of uh, $50,000 and then a final payout um, would uh, be determined as $212.9 million wow. for a successful I mean, successful if I was operation. him, I'd go to Claims Direct because he did not get his money worth. 
He certainly did not. No, <laughs> no, neither no, of them did. Really, of, no one involved came out of this looking good. They both sort of scammed themselves. <laughs> but um, Juan Guaido's name was on the paper. It was signed again by J.J. Rendon, which means that he had power of attorney to write that, uh, which means undoubtedly Juan Guaido uh, knew about this plot. And this was effectively to bring uh, what was it, a, a ragtag team of 25? Or was it? No, 30, 30-ish, uh, I think. Yeah, I've always um, forgotten. That's bad. Into uh, the coast... Um, town uh, Kuchao and Makuto <laughs> to <laughs> quote, activate sleeper cells <laughs> inside of Venezuela um, who would then all assemble around the capital building <laughs> go in presumably with the shooty guns and arrest President Maduro I'm sorry I, still, I can't stop laughing every time Every time I hear this story, I can just visualise the, the pictures of their sad faces having been arrested. They look so dishevelled and so sad. <laughs> and so unprepared. Like, the fucking <laughs> supreme LARPers. Just fucking being... They are, yeah. They're stolen valour, aren't they, basically? <laughs> they really are. Fuck. Oh, my God. Anyway, go on. Tell the rest of the story. What happened next? So... Under the <laughs> under the premise that they were going to be paid two hundred million dollars for <laughs> for this right. daring operation, they travelled back to Colombia, um, where they found that their accommodation was a graveyard. <laughs> <laughs> they lived in a graveyard. That's what we call foreshadowing. <laughs> they lived in a graveyard for about a month. And they started to uh, hear rumours that Guaido had pulled out of the deal and would not wire them the money before they'd commenced the operation. Oh, God, that's so fucking amazing. Um, so keep this in mind. Uh, Jordan was not uh, taking part in this operation himself. He's uh, still uh, evading capture from uh, Venezuela. Um, they're getting extradition requests to get him in. Um, <laughs> meanwhile... Um, I think the FBI is also looking for him to question him as well. Like, what the fuck do you think? Like, you like what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? And like, why are you saying the loud? Why are you saying the quiet part <laughs> loud, dude? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You you could not have fucked this up for anyone else more than you did. And when we say loud, we mean it was fucking loud. He was tweeting at. I <laughs> I know. I, I didn't believe it was real. I was like, nah, they wouldn't be stupid enough to tweet about it. But so did John Bolton. John Bolton said, "Morning is coming to Venezuela again." Like I'm big internet tough guy. I'm gonna own you. I'm gonna own you, Maduro. Oh my fucking god. Um, which you know, I mean, Bolton is just like a wheezing walrus. He has no fucking power anymore. <laughs> he literally but, is. Well, okay, he doesn't. He, have, he does have power clearly here. Um, but he's a yeah. piece of shit, like the lowest scum of the earth. Um. Anyways, um. <laughs> So yeah, get, they getting off track. They were um, sleeping in sleeping bags inside of you know, mausoleums and graveyards for the best part of a month uh, in Amazing. preparation for this uh, assault. Fucking outstanding. <laughs> then when they got there from their little shitty dinghy boat, they were immediately captured 
<laughs> by, <laughs> by uh, fishermen who were basically like, "What the fuck are you doing here, Yankee?" <laughs> <laughs> they called the they called the coast guard, and some soldiers oh, came up God. and just started like, <laughs> like burst firing on them. Uh, eight of them died. Thank God. Oh my God. Um, and the rest were arrested. You get some wonderful pictures of um, one of them pissing themselves in fear. <laughs> and you see that they're on a slope and the piss has to, like, goes down his whole body and gets in his face. He has to lie down in his own piss. <laughs> I fucking can't do it anymore. Oh my fucking god! And the best holy part, shit! The best part of this is they they brought with them American insignias. Oh, <laughs> so on, on their uniform, they they were oh gonna they were gonna stitch badges of the American flag on. I'm laughed out. I I can't. That's wait, so wait, dumb. Wait. It gets worse. It gets worse. Uh, they how? Also... how does it get worse? Do they have fucking have their like national insurance no. numbers and passports? With yes, them or yes, yes. No, that's exactly no. it. Yes, no, they, 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 no, brought, they didn't. They bought their driver's license and their passport <laughs> with them, like they were going to enter legally. Like they're going to immigrate. So you know, like. Criticize Nicholas Maduro as much as you want, right? But the, the, his <laughs> smug little face as he was yeah. going through his equipment, being like, "These guys think they were tough, huh?" <laughs> like, here's here's the passport. <laughs> like you could see him being like, "Fuck me!" <laughs> Holy shit! Ah, uh, I didn't realize that eight of them had died, though. That's yeah, eight of them oh. were shot dead. I, I mean, like. I mean, you have a. I kind, of, I kind of want to say, you know, you know, violence is bad, but like, what the fuck did you think was going to happen? <laughs> like, fuck me! That's what you signed up for? This is what your two hundred mil was for, mate. Jesus fucking Christ! Wow. I feel like this says any number of things about either the state of U.S. internal like politics and like how the administration is run, or how fucking poor the Green Berets are that like these former Green Berets are like yeah this is a good idea <laughs> yeah we can do this well it's also just like this this um, messiah complex they oh are. well that's also true just like, yeah, well, the, the... well we, we we've massacred civilians in Iraq which means we're now ready for taking on frontline <laughs> yeah, duty it's, it's, it's the, uh, the fucking um, like neo manifest destiny bullshit that the U.S. military tends to have. Yeah. Now we can do anything. Ooh. We're we're because we're Americans. Like, yeah. Okay. Cool. That goes well when you're shooting fish in a barrel, but you know, not when the people you're fighting are armed. Because it turns out spending a shitloads of money on on your military just makes it really fucking bloated and unable to function. Doesn't mean it's good at all. <laughs> it's funny how that works out. I um, really want to talk about the opposition here once again. Juan Guaido is denying that he has anything to do with this, despite his own cabinet members saying, no, mate, like, I signed it. Yes, you are. (laughs) Juan Guaido is not someone you should be liking or affiliating with. 
Um, I feel like that cabinet member is going to be dead in a few days. Just, just yeah. putting it out there. He um he got Epstein. He went for a <laughs> he went for a swim. <laughs> he he went for a swim and somehow landed on a bullet. <laughs> what a coincidence! How um, bizarre! Someone nearby was just shooting in the air, and all thirteen <laughs> rounds landed in this guy's back. What are the odds? <laughs> Fucking hell! Um, <laughs> so the. The military apparatus and the opposition for Venezuela operate a lot inside of uh, Colombia because Colombia is a lot more friendly to the U.S. government. It's it's basically already a vassal state of the U.S. government. I was going to say, yeah. yeah, is there a reason why that's operations. the case? Yeah. Um, Juan Guaido has been seen with multiple uh, far-right state-loyal uh, uh, paramilitias or paramilitaries inside of mm. Colombia. Like, he's posed with them. Um in order to drum up um, supplies, support, uh, and weaponry uh, for his own coup d'etat, which took place in April 2019. That also failed. Yeah, I was going to say, it, it. can can we really say it took place if it didn't succeed? No, no, you certainly cannot. No. <laughs> Absolutely impossible. Uh, he, he attempted and then failed. Yeah, an, an attempt was made. Yeah. No points for effort. <laughs> yeah um, but this also feed, feeds into I, I guess like a larger narrative of American entitlement to governing the um, southern American states uh, by decree and by forcible yes. military action yeah. you saw in the intro to this uh, podcast that we are now in the sixth month of um, Evo Morales being deposed by military coup. And yet when yep. we saw the uh, result of this uh, coup d'etat, the only thing we saw on our media was a single shot of a square in uh, Santa Clara of anti-government protesters waving flags. This screams of the Saddam statue all over again. Do yeah, you, do, it, it really fucking is. Do you know much That's, about that? I, uh, I know a little bit about it, like a tiny bit. Uh, you might have to, you might have to uh, bring in some some lovely context. But yeah, uh, no worries. So it's it was basically a beautiful piece of uh, media framing, where the reporters on the ground, and indeed in the air, were focused and zoomed in so much on this pivotal moment of basically up to a hundred dudes pulling down uh, the Saddam statue uh, mm. inside of Baghdad. What they didn't show was that this was in a massive fuck-off square and they were all clustered around this statue. The rest of the square was totally fucking empty. There were some cars going by, traffic was running as normal, but if you were to look at our images from that day, you would see just the protesters in a huddled mass pulling down this statue, and you would think, ah, they're welcoming us as liberators. Mm, media framing. <laughs> Literal yeah, framing. And it's... here too, it's in Bolivia, it was framed as such. It was a very zoomed-in picture of Bolivian flags flying. Right, And you think, yeah. well, that means they love it, right? Um, a week after this was done... <laughs> There were massive protests throughout the entire country saying, you've basically just become a dictator. Yeah. 
And if we're looking at the uh, state of Bolivia right now, uh, it's gotten a lot worse for the vast majority of people. Apart from the white minority who are super rich and who are also foreign educated and have very similar class dynamics uh, to the petty bourgeois inside of Venezuela as well, you you start to see a pattern, right? They they play on colorism in Bolivia's case. You know, there's an indigenous majority, um, but there's also a white settler minority, uh, which has the primary um, instrument of capital, money, mm. of the uh, Lithuan- uh, Lithuania, the lithium plants. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah. You know, which Evo Morales was like, now we're going to nationalize all of that, right? That's going straight under the state budget. Yeah. And they didn't want that, <laughs> so they fucking overthrew him. And now they're suffering from coronavirus. Um, the um, mass party, the Morales party, uh, mm. was 12% ahead of the incumbent uh, government without even announcing a candidate. Amazing. <laughs> so it was, Holy it, fucking it was just like, shit. It was just like Jesus. the party, but it's not going to be able because he's still wanted in the country. Li- anyone else but, but, but li- literally anyone else yeah and they're like oh yeah sign me up <laughs> <laughs> fuck me so don't believe ever this framing that you're being given don't ever believe it on at face value take your time yeah then. because as we've said all media product of some of any description is propaganda of some description. And if it's propaganda, yeah. it means it has a framework under which it's been constructed. If you understand that framework, you understand where it's wrong. Yeah, it's flaws. It's um, inherent objectives. Exactly, exactly. It, it's a product. You're being sold a product. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah, to an extent. I was about to say to an extent, but no, yeah, that's that's effectively the crux of it. You are being sold an idea. Yeah. What can I get you to click on this article today? Exactly. And you are buying an idea, even if you're not personally paying for it, an advertising company is. And that's how that's how online news media especially makes their money. Um I wish I still had that book. I think I gave it away. But there was a good book. Um can't remember what it was called. I want to say it was called I think it was Post Truth. I can't remember. Uh, doesn't sound very bloody good then if you can't remember I've read it a a few years ago I'm positive it was both true but basically um, the the author goes into a a long detailed discussion about how um, how traditional sort of print and TV media works in comparison to online media and how online media has allowed there to be such an enormous propagation of bullshit um, just by the way it's it's funded, which was it was a really interesting book. Um, maybe not like top of my recommending re- recommended reading lists, but you know it's it's up there. If you want, like what's on the top? What's on the top? Uh, well, the Communist Manifesto um, <laughs> for anyone. Um, I too short, too yeah, far too. For, it's 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 a it's a bedtime story. You're not allowed. Any other books until you read all of Capital. Oof. Oof. Oh, that's harsh. I have read exactly one chapter of fucking Capital. <laughs> I am not surprised. Um, no, there's some, there's some, if we're talking seriously, there's some good books I would recommend. I've, I've read most of them and then given them like to charity shops. I don't tend to keep them. Uh, but a good one is Client Earth. That's a good one. 
uh, gives you a lot of context about um, legal proceedings when it, with regards to environmental issues. That's that's a particularly interesting one, if a bit dry. Uh, just trying to think what other ones I've still got. Hang on. Turn on my light because I can't fucking see. I've actually given away most of them. <laughs> the only ones I've got are like guides and like key books to wild species. Oh, nice. Oh, that's cute though. Uh, I've got a couple of books on baking. Some good ones, actually. Um, I've, I've still got Friendly Fascism because I haven't actually finished that. You recommended that to me. And I've enjoyed good. it, but I've not finished it yet. We should do one on that. I, I'd need to finish that book before we did it. I think I'm about halfway through it at the moment. Um, um oh, oh, oh! If you would like um a really nice um podcast on just a brief history of Venezuela and yeah recent twenty first century oh, Venezuela oh, hit history, me up. I would I would strongly recommend History Honeys. Oh, they're um a married couple that um don't go mask off. I'd say they're not. <laughs> they're not like, like a married couple who spent you know, like their twilight years hunting down ex Nazis. No, unfortunately, oh, but they strange. are. Like how when they um, present certain topics, like the timing is like perfection. Oh, uh, I'm gonna have to. What's that called? History honeys. Yeah, I'll have to. I'll have to read. Uh, have to Most to of this episode. stuff is about like Chicago history because they're a Chicago and couple. Um, yeah, I think which yeah, is I also think, interesting. Wrong with local history interests, that's always good. Um, I mean, they're very passionate yeah. about it. At least the husband is. Like the the wife is. I think clearly much more like ah okay righto. But I, I can tell that, you know, she knows that he likes it. So she's like, yeah, oh, well, this makes me happy. That's kind of sweet, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, 28th of May, 2019. It's almost a year ago. That was the last episode. That's, no, that's when they did the Venezuela episode. Oh, okay. Episode. Right, okay. Cool. And that name is uh, Venezuela, April 2002. When Chavez was elected. Praxis of the week. Da, 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 Keep going. Praxis of the week. Honourable mention. Go. This is. You're going to have to stop. It's really distracting. It's really distracting. Honourable mention. I will mute the dun, 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 dun. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Okay. Oh, right. So, practice of the week. Honorable mention goes to the um, the cutbacks at BA hangers that led to a a false like release of the anti-fire foam in one of their hangers. Suppressant foam, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which would have been. Was originally alleged to have been done by a worker after it was announced that they'd been sacked, but that turned out not to be true, which is a shame. So honourable mention goes to just the failing of that system for fucking up a hangar. Yeah, which um, um, we should get our policy across here. Um, the workers would be absolutely uh, right to do that. Yeah, yeah, they would. They, no they blame at would. all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so the actual praxis of the week uh, goes to protesters in Hackney who earlier this week participated in a people before profit protest against Ooh. the conti- Oh, that's a retro. The- that is. It's very retro. What people before profit. Yeah, yeah I know, right? 
so they, they participated in a people before profit protest against the continued work on a regeneration project in Hackney. Uh, they argued that it is a non-essential uh, development, which I would agree with. Uh, and workers there do not have access to PPE and are also unable to adhere to the social distancing guidelines that are in place at the moment, um, just by the nature of the work they're doing. The reason why this is practice of the week specifically, and why I agree with their assessment that you know this is non-essential, is the regeneration includes a leisure centre. Um, you know, it's sort of vaguely important, but not really essential. Um, a school which already exists in a temporary format, so you know the school is closed, but it already exists anyway, so it's not like it's being built for an emergency. But I'll bet this but one's it, written out in like letters or something, some sort of gentrified school. Like I don't, like, I don't actually, I don't actually know. Uh, I don't actually know. But the interesting thing is, and this is the thing that I thought I would disagree with when I initially read this article. Uh, was that the regeneration includes 93 new homes and building more homes is ostensibly a, a good thing. But the reason the reason why I agree with their assessment that this is complete bollocks and why they are justified in their protest is that um, the 93 new homes that are being built are in the first phase of development. And this is, this is you remember when I mentioned earlier you know you can tell you can get statistics to say anything you want if you know how to use them properly well the uh the people responsible for the de development have said nearly 90 percent of which will be genuinely affordable social rent or shared ownership with the rest for outright sale so they haven't put any limitations on how many of these houses will actually be quote unquote affordable, which is a loaded term in and of itself. Oh my god. But there's nearly 90%, which is not 90%. <laughs> and ne in that and in that not 90%, they have also said they've also given you two things which are not the same. So you have no way of knowing whether the actual good thing makes up nearly all of that nearly 90% or next to none of that nearly 90%. It's just like when they have um, on like job descriptions when they just put salary. Competitive. competitive. Yeah, yeah exact, fucking exactly. Like, what does that, that, mean, what does that, that mean? means? That means it's mediocre. Yeah, that, it that's means, what that means. The, yeah, exactly. Average or lower. Yeah. yeah. Slightly more than what you're being paid now, but not a, pe not a penny more than is required. Sometimes we give you pizza. Yeah, yeah basically. Um and uh, this was this was backed up by uh, one of the protesters who said uh, that had the housing that was being built uh, been emergency housing uh, designed to home people as quickly and as fish, as efficiently as possible uh, to combat things like homelessness. You need a lot um, more than fucking ninety three then. Fuck well, me. well, yeah, exactly. Um, then they, their protest would have had a completely different tact to it. But uh, as a, you know, the fact that this isn't the case means that they're just going. No, fuck you. This is not essential. These workers do not need to be exposed to fucking the dangers of COVID-19 just because you want to fucking, you know, get this project done in time to please buyers. Uh, because that was another interesting thing uh, that the uh, developers actually stated, that the majority of the funding for the school and the quote-unquote affordable housing will be made up by selling houses that their 
predetermined to be straight out to sale the market so they're relying on a system which has oh, fundamentally no. broken the uk housing system to pay for affordable housing because that's going to fucking work isn't it you know that's that's definitely a way to change the system entirely it will sponsor the rest yeah, fucking exactly right so Trickle yeah down. so that's why this is praxis of the week because absolutely absolutely fuck these developers and fuck every go. developer well make, yeah <laughs> make your house out of concrete blocks which has been mandated by the state um <laughs> with reasonable work hours and safe conditions Exactly. The only yeah. way that house should be built in in brutalist architecture. Absolutely. That's, <laughs> that's what we love. No negotiations. Brutalist. To be fair, a bit of a tangent. Brutalist can actually be pretty nice if it's yeah. incorp if it's incorporated into the landscape properly. Correct. Yes. Oh, editor's note. Just swinging in to say that pretty much everything after this point kind of lost relevance after the recent protests in uh, Minneapolis and now all over the fucking world. Uh, this is what happens when you don't follow up on a week's uh, podcast, so uh, sorry about that. Um, rest assured, it won't happen again, but for this time at least, live and learn. All right. Well, I think that about wraps up this episode of Yannipod. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. Thank you very much indeed, comrades and friends. Um, remember, you are not immune. All cops are bastards. <laughs> uh, so are soldiers, especially the Green Berets. <laughs> all green, all Green Berets are piss babies. <laughs> A. G B A P P B doesn't roll off the tongue, does it? No. Uh... Yankees fuck off. <laughs>